0: March 12th, 2020.
1: Commissioner Rob Manford
0: today announced that MLB has decided to suspend spring training games. This is an unprecedented day. You may
2: not see baseball until May. Everybody's trying to get this game back. We're looking at the broader issue. Ready for
3: whatever.
2: I talk to a lot of guys across the league and they're all thinking the same thing. It's just, it's just going to work.
3: There is no roadmap to navigate
2: this. I love baseball, but I got to do what's right for my family sometimes. And baseball agreed to have a
0: season. Safest and most cautious way to get through a season. There are enormous concerns that there's going to be able to pull off the health and safety protocol there's a lot of questions i just want to play baseball so
2: if that's what we have to do that's what we have to do it's gonna be fun you got 60 games gotta try to win all
0: welcome to the baseball show i'm happy to be back presented by the goose island beer company this is the baseball show with jonathan hood on espn 1000 and the new espn chicago app
4: Welcome in to the Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, it's MLB Show, ESPN MLB Show. That's where you can find us on Twitter. Weeknight, we give you the best in Cubs and Sox and MLB conversation right after Waddle and Sylvie each night right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Okay, we got a plan to get to, a lot of news. So here's my first pitch.
3: Play ball!
4: So the first pitch is the news that broke in the Friday news dump with the White Sox. General Manager Rick Hahn issued the following statement today regarding Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech has informed us of his decision to not participate in the 2020 season. We recognize that reaching this decision is incredibly difficult for any competitive athlete, and our organization is understanding and supportive. We will work with Michael to assure his development continues throughout 2020, and we look forward to welcoming him back into our clubhouse for the 2021 season. That's from Rick Kahn, the general manager for the White Sox. The other news regarding the White Sox tonight is Johan Moncada. We were wondering where Moncada has been, whether or not Moncada would be able to start the season on time. A lot of head-scratching about that, and now it's confirmed that the White Sox have placed Moncada, along with right-handed pitcher Jose Ruiz, on the 10-day injured list. So two, really three uh, big news items for the White Sox, a couple of injuries, and then Kopech uh, saying no to the 2020 season. Well, my initial reaction to this an hour ago when it broke uh, from the White Sox Twitter account at White Sox is that this is not surprising. It's not surprising because, as we have discussed here on the baseball show, there are a number of baseball players and athletes in other sports, the NBA, NHL and others. They're not sure whether or not they should be playing during this pandemic. Um, I don't turn a blind eye to Kopech or others that decided they don't want to play because it's a personal choice. Um, These teams and these organizations have given the athlete the opportunity to choose whether or not they want to play through this or not. Kopech says no, and he's looking forward to the 2021 season. As I told uh, Mark Silverman, Sylvie, just moments ago, that uh, as I look at it, the White Sox, As is without Kopech, have an opportunity to to compete. Um, There could be a playoff team here for 2020. As a lot of things have to fall in the right direction From from a pitching standpoint. The Sox are pretty much set. When you have Kopech, who's learning on the job, trying to get better, it would just be uh gravy on top of that great steak of a, of a starting rotation for the White Sox. So, Kopeck out, also Moncada on the 10-day injured list for the Chicago White Sox. We'll keep our eyes on Moncada and exactly when he's going to return because with some of the improvements for the White Sox last year, Moncada definitely was in that team photo of players that really turned it on for the White Sox last year. So, every year We look for improvements from our teams, and 2020 should be no different. If Major League Baseball can get the regular season in, it's going to be weird for 60 games. It's not 81 games. It's not 162 games. It's 60. But no matter how many games that we will be able to enjoy – we would be able to have some similar to baseball, and I'm all for that as a baseball fan. We talk about this on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. So even with 60 games, I want to see improvement on both sides of town. So I was thinking about a few things coming into tonight's show that I really would love to see. I mean, maybe, maybe I won't get it because the season starts this month and everything is odd, but, but here goes. From the White Sox standpoint, a number of things I want to see is something called instant replay. So from America League hit king, Tim Anderson, think about where he was a couple of years ago and where he was last year. Tim Anderson going from a, having a slash line of 240, 281, and 406 with an OPS plus of 87 to being the hit king going to hit 335, 357, 508, and OPS plus of 129. I mean, that's a huge jump from a 240 hitter to a 335 hitter, right? I mean, that means the ball is a beach ball every time he sees it. And he was feeling it with the swagger and the personality. He just came into his own uh, as a White Sox and as a hitter last year. So instant replay for that. Uh, Instant replay for Yoan Moncada. We just talked about him on the 10-day injured list. But you think about the incremental change, having a slash line of 235, 315, 400 with OPS plus of 96. And then last year, Going from again a 235 hitter to 315, having a slash line at 315, 367, and 548, OPS plus of 141. There are other numbers that really would illustrate how terrific both of these players were, but just the point is, is that it it, it was pretty special to see those two be able to hit the baseball as well as they did. Uh, I'll just use Giolito for an example as well. Here's a guy here that when you are looking to be able to have building blocks for your organization, you want, need to have quality pitching. And you look at Giolito a couple of years ago, he walked the he walked the ballpark. He had 90 walks um, two years ago. He had 57 last year. 10, 13 a couple of years ago, 14 and nine last year. Gave up 118 runs two years ago, gave up 67 last year. You can see how Giolito grew before our very eyes last year. And one other point to make about that, right? This Anderson, Moncada, G there's other examples of the Sox growth with some of their young players. But that was a 72-win ball club last year. That was a third-place 72-win ball club last year. So players that can give you quality production like that on a losing team can make any fan optimistic for 2020. And there's other examples of progress on the Sox, but that has to be an instant replay for the Sox to even compete in these 60 games that we're talking about. From the Cubs' standpoint, the third-place finish. We talked about it a couple of nights ago on TBS. The third-place finish is still a head-scratcher for me because when I you see that roster, there are a lot of... Managers, a lot of organizations that look at this roster and say, man, what could I do with Contreras? What would I do with Baez and Rizzo, the veteran presence of Rizzo, and having Chris Bryant on the team? I was looking at the downturn of some of the offensive stats for the Cubs. So last year, slash line as a team, 252, 331, 452 slugging, uh, down to 45 stolen bases from 66 to, uh, a few years ago, just 45 stolen bases last year. And I I know that the seam heads of today will talk about some of these stats that a lot of us grew up with and say, well, those stats don't matter. Well, I think all stats matter. I think all of them matter as far as you being able to measure whether they're advanced stats or the traditional stats that we look at. They all matter and they're all a measuring stick to find out if you're getting better from year to year. 45 stolen bases, I still believe in being able to take the extra base if you can, if you have the speed on the team. I don't care what your metrics say, s- stealing bases, putting a pressure on the defense still matters to me in 2020. Uh, so you're down to 45 stolen bases with the Cubs, 66 a couple of years ago. You're down in hits, you're down in extra base hits from a couple of years ago. But yet, last year there was an uptick in home runs. The Cubs going from 167 home runs to 356 and higher in the RBI category. So when I read some of the good and bad or the good and questionable for the Cubs last year under Madden, the offense and with the Cubs seemingly have been kind of in a two-year slump, changing the hitting coaches and the answer. Uh, there's home run power on this team, but we have to be able to see some semblance of moving the runner and being able to keep the line moving for this Cubs team. It's not about home run power every game. It's just being able to play good, solid offensive baseball. And consistent hitting and reaching their offensive goals uh, can get the Cubs at worst in the wild card. Because what I've seen here is underachievement with the Cubs. Uh, You compare the Cubs in 16 to now, it looks like a different struggling ball club than last year it's not bad it's just underachieving and there's nothing worse than being just good enough to compete but not really and and that's something to look at we talk about this on the baseball show right here on espn 1000 brought to you by goose island beer company uh grandal for him it's not for the white Sox his hitting prowess but it's how he calls a game this is his Ninth year in baseball and his first year, I believe, in the American League. Yes, his first year in the American League. So McCann last year, he was a leader on this team. Well-respected. But Grandal is a major upgrade on offense. I'm just interested in his intangibles and how he works with this staff, Gonzalez and Lopez and Cease and Keuchel and Giolito. How does that all work out as far as him working with the staff? And, of course, we have to look at the managers, right? I've argued with Fred for so many years about whether or not a manager has impact on a team. I believe strongly that a manager does have impact on the team as far as style of play. It may not be day-to-day, but definitely style of play, demeanor, the way you go about your business. I think that that is the impact. It's not like an NFL coach or coordinators that tell you for 16 games what plays you must run in order for us to win. Baseball is a long season, but culture must be set. And so, when I look at Rick renneria with that talent, I, I look at um when Hawk Carrollson would say, "You know, Ricky's Ricky's boys—they don't quit. Ricky's boys—they they, they just don't quit. Well, they quit a lot. They quit a lot, especially early in his tenure with the White Sox, trying to win with Derek Holland and Matt Davidson, and trying to win with uh, Omar navarez and Adam Engel as starters with meaningful playing time. That was just wasn't going to get it done. So." It was hard to win without talent, but my big question mark that I'll talk about a lot here on the show as we get close to the season is, can the White Sox and Rick Renneria work together as the White Sox have garnered a lot of talent? See, they, they have been able to push, push their um, chips to the middle of the table, and they are telling you, okay, now we're going to go for it. Indians maybe not as good, Royals down. Uh, twins are the really, really big team in the American League Central next to the surging Sox, now we're going to go for it. And this is what they've done. On the Cubs side of things, David Ross, will he be aggressive? Will he manage by situation or by the book? It's going to be a culture shock because there's a big difference between Madden and David Ross. Madden, you know how he was as a manager for this Cubs team. Now, what does he look like? Um, as a manager, as a former player, analyst, and now uh, as the manager for this Cubs team, uh, some thoughts now from Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein was on with Waddle and Sylvie earlier, talking about uh, David Ross. The question was posed: Can this short season be a positive for David Ross?
2: I, I think it is, you know. But honestly, look, if you, I'm, I'm biased, and then also I, I, every organization, if you ask them, you know, is, is your is your manager. Uh, sort of an asset in a situation like this, they would say yes, because it is an opportunity for leaders to, to come to the forefront. And there are a lot of talented managers around the game, all with different styles who, who are who are leading, uh, I'm sure, effectively right now based on, you know, what, what I'm hearing from other camps. But I'll just say this firsthand, you know, observing just our, our practices and our inter-squad games in an empty ballpark, you know, in hot, humid days in Chicago with everything going on off the field with some, you know, initial... Uh, hiccups in the testing process that challenged everybody. Um, it'd be really easy to have um, a going through the motions type of vibe on the field and, and, and to lack energy. And, you know, th- there's, there's the manager in his just effortless way um, providing um, energy and, and being really vocal and, and upbeat, but, in, but in, a, in an authentic way that really connects with players and you just feel the, the energy level, of the entire group rise rise to meet him and so yeah i wouldn't want to imagine this without him right now and i think uh you know everyone around here feels really fortunate that that he's here to lead this group and the connection that he has with these guys it'd be tough on any first year manager coming in from the outside you know to to lead through this situation with, with a you know a young but fairly veteran team at this point and the respect they have for him allows him to um, lead the way that we need
0: him to right now The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Week 9 to 6 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Four balls, these strikes, a double play, and one. Place to hear The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's Home for Sports. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
4: the baseball show right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app presented by Goose Island Beer Company follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB show I'm Jonathan Hood Again, totally interactive, not only just now, but also next week and the next week after that, the next week after that. So every night after Waddle and Sylvie, if you're a Cubs or Sox fan, you're listening to the show, you should be jumping in telling me about your favorite team uh, around Major League Baseball, Cubs, Sox, and everything else. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And the question we're asking you is, is, give us one thing you're looking forward to seeing with your favorite team, the Cubs or the White Sox. I mentioned four or five things off the top of my head for... For both teams, that I'm interested in seeing uh, for 2020. We want to get your thoughts on it as well uh, as we move forward. So, you know, it, here's what's interesting: we know that so many people are uh, adverse to change. They're itchy when it comes to change, right? Oh, I, I don't. I like my baseball the way I love my baseball. Why does the, Why do things have to change? I understand that there are some people that just cannot stand for something that's totally different than what they're used to. Some people are just locked in and comfortable with norms and i would tell you that if the norms are are, are tired or if it's not moving the meter then it's time to do something different and so when i look at the designated hitter and I, again i'm speaking as a baseball fan but definitely an american league fan i'm loving the universal dh it is great for baseball And I know it's an experiment for 2020, but hopefully beyond that, we can be able to see the universal DH because here's what you get from National League pennant waving fan. The old trope of, you know, with the National League, it takes the strategy out of the game if it's just DHs. Yeah, it takes the strategy out of the game. Exactly what strategy are you talking about from a manager's strategy standpoint? See, if you're a baseball fan, especially the average fan, what what are you looking for? You want to see run score? You want to see strikeouts? You want to see bean balls? You want to see domination? You want to see your favorite team win? Where is manager's strategy in the conversation when you watch Major League Baseball? When when you're watching basketball or football, uh, how intrigued are you in the strategy versus actually seeing the production and the play on the field? It's just BS. It's a long time. Baseball traditionalist BS thing of oh we don't need the we don't need the DH in the National League because it takes away the strategy. You know the biggest issue over the years that I've had with no DH in the National League is this, and it's pretty simple. I don't know why this has not been brought up more often. You realize that the pitcher that comes to the plate does not contribute anything to the baseball offense. Nothing to the baseball strategy. When a pitcher's up there, he's up there, and you know he's a wet noodle. Very few pitchers in my lifetime were able to be threats at the plate. Yeah, lucky home run here, lucky home run there. Oh, there's Rick Camp with a home run for the Atlanta Braves in the 18th inning at uh, Fulton County Stadium back in the 80s. Oh, here's Rick Sutcliffe with a home run from the left side. Like, But those are few and far in between. You just are not going to get these big sluggers – uh, that are also pitchers that will do it on a regular basis. The pitchers overall do not contribute anything to the baseball offense. Also, on top of that, um, it is good that you see aging players When an opportunity to give you four bats. It gives a National League team and an American League team an opportunity to see veterans that will actually swing the bat and contribute to the offense. Like I've been seeing terrific designated hitters in my lifetime Don Baylor was one of those guys Hal McCray was one of those guys Paul Molitor Jim Tomey um uh, Travis Hafner uh Harold Baines with the White Sox Frank Thomas with the White Sox uh Big Poppy Edgar Martinez uh the list goes on and on Uh, Brian Downing there's been so many terrific DHS that will be able to come to the plate and give you something and you can take a look at those numbers, and I don't even know why that there was even consternation about Edgar Martinez getting to the Hall of Fame when you have over 6,200 plate appearances as a DH and have a slash line of 314, 428, and 523. 243 home runs. His best season as a full-time DH was in 95 when he won the batting title. Four at-bats and giving you quality. How many pitchers do that? So, so the old theory of old baseball face that will tell you, I, ah, you know, I don't like the way the game has changed. I don't like the universal DH. Well, I mean, what, what does the picture really bring to the plate? Pretty much nothing, pretty much nothing. And also in this era of sports, by the way, where everyone's handled with kid gloves. Oh, I don't know if we should put this player in position to get injured. Everyone's fearful of injuries. So here's what's going to happen in 2020. At the very least, your favorite pitcher, reliever or starter, won't be in harm's way of a little baseball because they can't hit or because they they overswing and they mess up their ribs or mess up their cartilage of some sort. Or, for God's sakes, they have an issue with their pinky. You don't have to worry about that now. So if you're fearful of injuries for your pitchers, now you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about uh, you're sacrificing your pitcher because he can't hit. Something else too regarding the DH. You realize that the pinch hitters, and I know that's a part of it too. Like oh, you know, it, it takes away the strategy because you can be able to you know mix and match. Take this shortstop out and bring this guy in to uh, pit to pinch hit. Pinch hitters, 6,200 plate appearances last year, 37 hits, 25 RBIs. I mean, the days of Rusty Staub or the days of Thad Bosley and those guys that would come up in a pinch and be able to give you quality, those days are gone. There's not even a value of that in baseball anymore like it should be. So because the pinch hitter is not as strong as it used to be when I was growing up, when you used to have two or three or four guys that would be on the bench waiting for an opportunity to come up in the seventh, come up in the eighth and give you something positive offensively. Now, now those are just young players that rarely get a chance to play. You don't, There is a need for an old head on the bench or two to be able to give you something, and those guys now should be DHs as we talk about this on the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and ESPN Chicago app. Yeah. So 37 hits uh, overall last year uh, and 25 RBIs from, uh, from pinch hitting on the, that's a league average last year. What, what is that? Uh, Some thoughts from Theo Epstein regarding the DH. Uh, He was on Waddle and Sylvie earlier talking about uh, the DH. Is it here to stay in the national league?
2: Yeah, I think it's the right solution, you know, for, for this year. Um, It's a, and is it here to stay? I I, I don't I don't know. I, it's uh technically it's an open question for 2021, and and then something that will probably have a more permanent resolution within the collective bargaining agreement. But um, you know, having experienced both leagues, I am I'm, I'm I'm torn on it. Um, I'm considering myself a traditionalist and really like the National League style of play, but it's also extremely frustrating when when pitchers get hurt. Um, Swinging the bat or, or, or running the bases, and there's there's so much um, talent in this game. You know that the uh, the DH spot allows you to squeeze an extra bat in there, and not having pitchers hit allows them to focus on what they do best. So I'm fine either way, but I think it's um it's the right solution for this year clearly, clearly and, and perhaps going forward.
4: And perhaps going forward, indeed, Theo Epstein of the Chicago Cubs, perhaps for sure it should be the case. Now here's what we know. That when we look at some of the rosters across Major League Baseball, um, we can take a look at the top DHs that are out there. I do like the idea of the universal DH. I don't care about the, the traditional baseball guy that wants his double switch because that's what you come to the ballpark to see, right? The double switch. You want to see the manager come out of his double nits with the card in the back of his pocket and and, and double switch some guy out for that particular hitter to probably fail more times than not. Well, you know, Alvarez and Diaz are top options for the Astros. J.D. Martinez is very good for the Boston Red Sox. You go through this list, and the Cubs have their DH in place. Doesn't matter if Kyle Schwarber didn't like it or not. If Kyle Schwarber wants to be able to stay in the big leagues beyond his time in the field, he's going to have to be a DH. And so Kyle Schwarber, Steven Souza Jr. are the top options for the Cubs. They're number five on this list. That's written by Brad Doolittle on ESPN.com of top DH uh, prospects uh, that we could see for 2020. And so Schwarber and Souza are five for the Cubs. Who's sixth? The White Sox. Edwin Encarnacion is with Jose Abreu. And McCann also is on this list as well at number six. The Reds have, have uh, Jesse Winkler and Aquino. The a- Athletics, they've got their guys, and Seth Brown and Chris Davis. So you go through the list, and Howie Kendrick, that guy who's probably going to be a-, a DH at some point, not only now but for his, uh, the future of his career. Kendrick as a DH for the Nationals. Cabrera also on that list. So I'm looking through this, and Suspedes for the Mets. Um, the Dodgers have A.J. Pollock. The uh, Diamondbacks, they have uh, Kevin Cron, they've got Jake Lamb, uh, the Padres have Will Myers, Greg Garcia. So there's plenty of guys that can hit the baseball. But the overall thought about the DH is that after this experiment, everybody should have the DH. Who wants to see pitchers hit? It's a waste of time. It's really a wasted at bat. I'd rather just see consistent action than to see someone swinging through three pitches or getting hurt going down the base pass. It's nonsense. Our Major League Baseball Notebook is next right here on
0: TBS.
5: The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood.
4: On
0: Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
5: Welcome to The Baseball Show,
0: presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
5: Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile
3: for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app.
0: This is The Baseball Show on ESPN 1000, Ch- Chicago's home for sports. Boom, boom, boom. Boom,
3: boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom.
4: The baseball show right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We ask you to check us out on Twitter as well at ESPN MLB show ESPN MLB show is where you can follow our uh, broadcast again after Waddle and Sylvie weeknights at six. We're here to give you the best in Cubs and Sox MLB conversation and our First pitch that we had earlier today was talking about the White Sox, just the news that took place. I think about 5 o'clock is when this came across While Michael Kopech. He's informed the White Sox that he will not participate in the 2020 season. And uh, as Rick Hahn said, we are looking forward to welcoming him back into our clubhouse for the 2021 season. So uh, Michael Kopech out uh, for the White Sox season for 2020 and uh, the other stories about Yohan Moncada on the 10-day injured list. All right, we've got a lot of news and notes to get to, so let's open up the MLB Notebook.
0: Jay Hood's MLB Notebook.
4: So we start off first with uh, Buster Posey. It's funny, we talk about Kopech. So Buster Posey is among a number of Major League Baseball players for personal reasons, from their health standpoint, or for family that have decided... Uh, not to participate in the 2020 season. Uh, Here's some thoughts now from Giants catcher Buster Posey.
3: A week ago today, identical twin girls were born um, that my wife and I are adopting. And the adoption actually became official yesterday afternoon. Um, And my wife, myself, and our older children are just um, overwhelmed with joy to welcome them to our family, to love them unconditionally, Um, and just just share life with them. Um, The twins were born prematurely. Um, Thank God they are doing really well, Um, but they're going to have to be in the NICU for quite some time. Um, And after much discussion with my wife and doctors, a decision that I've wrestled with um, quite a bit um, since I knew that this adoption was on the table, um, I've decided to opt out of the 2020 baseball season. we feel this is the best decision for these babies um, and, and for our family as well. To be honest with you, and you know, full disclosure, I think that if if these babies hadn't been born right now and weren't premature, I, I'd, I'd probably be playing this season.
4: So Buster Posey will opt out of the Major League Baseball season. You can understand why. Again, one thing that uh, outside of um, Twitter trolls and just morons that are out there, you have to understand that coronavirus is serious for a lot of people. If a lot of people take it seriously. Some don't. But in some look at family and say that if I'm going to be playing, I got to go back home to my family. And if I catch it from someone now, I'm infecting my entire family. So Posey doing it because um, of what he just talked about there because of family. So he will not be part of the 2020 season as we are going through our Major League Baseball Notebook, how about this? How about if I help you put some money in your pocket? So let's go to oddshark.com. I talked earlier to Gilles Gallant from oddshark.com about a number of issues uh, regarding this upcoming Major League Baseball season. See if I can put some money in your pocket when I ask the question, uh, is there some teams... With increased value that he's looking at, that you could bet on as far as a win total in the sixty-game season.
1: The one team uh, sticking with that same division, I feel like the Mets is like a great team that you could look at right now. Their win total is right around thirty. Uh, they're plus one seventy-five to make the playoffs. I'm a little more uh, uneasy about going after a team like you know, like uh, Pittsburgh or the Royals or the mm-hmm. Tigers. Those teams could easily make a run. I'm just not as I'm just not as convinced by their young talent that they can actually do that. Um, again, but we're in a 60-game sample size. Um, almost anything can happen. So um, the team that I would probably look at, I know this might sound – I'm actually looking at the Rockies, um, Colorado, just because if they can smooth things over with Arenado and if Blackman is um, able to uh, get healed up and, and uh, be healthy, ready to go from, uh, from the uh, coronavirus uh, – they still have a lot of high-end talent. Their pitching is coming around. They're about plus 550 to make the playoffs. Um, the NL West is a little more tricky. Again, you're probably going to have to make it as a wild-card spot, but again, that's still paid. So that's kind of a team that I would look at, maybe more of an NL team that would be able to benefit from the hitting uh, because of the, the no DH. So the Rockies would probably be a team that I would take a stab on if I was looking at some sort
4: of long shot. So, thoughts there from Gilles Gallant. Oh, by the way, so um, speaking, though, you mentioned no DH, and that is our question uh, on Twitter, uh, at ESPNMLB show regarding the uh, DH, are you for the, the universal DH or not? Lynn uh, from Cubs 1908 Redo says that's nothing worse than OPPO manager walking the number eight batter to get to the pitcher. Total rally killer. Looking forward to the National League DH. That's from Lynn, who's checking in uh, at ESPN MLB show. So one other thing regarding gambling and um, sports wagering when it comes to Major League Baseball for this upcoming season. Um, So you got to think about the awards, the titles, rookie of the year, all that. I asked Gilles about if there's any good values when it comes to awards and titles that he sees on the board.
1: The home run King, I'm immediately looking at Pete Alonzo. I, uh, I probably uh, fell in love with that run last year. Yeah. He led the majors last year, broke the record for home runs by a rookie. Uh, I'm willing to think that he's going to uh, bring that back. He's about plus 1000. Mike Trout is currently the favorite to lead the league in home runs by the end of the season um, for MVP. Honestly, if you can get Mike Trout plus money, I would probably take it. Just because, again, in a sixty-game sample size, uh, barring injury, he's going to probably look like the best player out there. Last year, when it opened up the the MVP prop, he was at minus money and uh, and, st- and and almost had it and still won it. Rather, so for me, like kind of uh, what I look at is not necessarily like whether or not it's the voting narrative. It's just more or less because baseball is such a stats-heavy sport. Are they going to put up numbers? And Trout is, you know, the, this day and age of Willie Mays, right? So he's going to probably put up massive numbers, especially with Rendon uh, protecting them in the lineup. Otani is going to be back fully healthy and probably pitching. So if the Angels make the playoffs, I think Trout is in there for MVP. The one thing I would tell people though is not to do because one of the players that is listed, he's probably about plus, uh, plus 3,000, uh, 30 to 1 is Garrett Cole for MVP. He's the, um, he's the highest pitcher on the list. I would not take a pitcher in this year uh, just because of the fact that they'll probably only get 12 to 15 starts max. And even then, you would have to essentially be so dominant in that stretch to be able to overcome the statistics that, uh, you know, these other players are going to put up that it would just, in my opinion, it would be a waste of money. You could just give the money to me.
4: So, Gilles Gallant from Oddshark.com. Do not give the money to him, uh, but you can uh, place your wagers because there's going to be a number of things to look at. In the 60 games, I mean, could you imagine trying to figure out who the rookie of the year is in 60 games or who's going to be the Cy Young Award winner and to be able to put futures on that? That's going to be interesting. As you're listening to The Baseball Show right here, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Poll question up at ESPN MLB Show. Do you like the universal DH rule? 76% of you say yes. Yes, so far so vote early vote often uh, for the vote of do you like the universal uh, DH rule also asking the question our first pitch question was asking about the one thing you want to see improve with your favorite team Cubs Sox Major League Baseball is there something in particular that stands out that you want to see changed with your favorite team if you're listening live here or listening on the podcast we still want to get your reaction at ESPN MLB show for the baseball show okay So my idea for the Cubs has been, at first it was tongue-in-cheek, and now I'm I'm really starting to believe this. If the Cubs cannot come up with a deal with uh, Xfinity, which is amazing right now, it is July, and there is still no deal in place for the Cubs marquee network on Xfinity, you you need to come hat-in-hand to Channel 26 or something. Come to Son of Gully and just be like, hat in hand, hey, can you put these games on for me? You know, he's got the rubber chicken in his hand anyway, and he's got the makeup and everything else. Come to the son of St. and say, hey, can you put our 60 games on? You know, come to Power 50 and say, hey, can you just move aside some of those Chica- Chicago PD, what a great show. There's a there's a fire over there in Bridgeport. If, if they got to go to Power 50, WPWR, if they got to go there, if they have to go to... Uh, some of these other uh, local channels to get their uh, TV on, they got to do something. I mean, you, you cannot have this major section of fans that want to see Cub games in their own home. And they can't because there's no marquee network Xfinity deal. There's Cub fans that want to be able to see this. And I know I'm an Xfinity guy. I cannot see the Cubs on my cable package. Some can. Uh, I have to go to a bar to see marquee. The only time I've seen marquee was at bars. Uh, when bars were open in the south suburbs and on the south side. It's the only where I've seen uh, the only places I've seen marquee. So um, they need to figure it out. I say go to Son of Spangoolie, go to Power 50, go to Nine, you know, just do something but you just can't leave the fans ass out like this. So some thoughts from Theo Epstein with Waddle and Silly earlier talking about the marquee network is amazing how there's no deal in place just as of yet, knowing that the marquee network was on its way. Um, the question was, are you optimistic the cup fans will be able to see the marquee network?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, When I talked to Chris not my department, you know, we have so much going on with the team, but when I talked to Crane about it, he's really confident that, uh, that there's going to be a deal. I mean, there, there's no secret that there's a, Tremendous appetite for any entertainment right now, given given how much people are stuck in their homes, and especially sports, given the absence of sports from the landscape the last four months, and especially Cubs baseball um, around here. So it would it would sure be a shame if uh, that um, that appetite were we're not taking care of. But I I think look. Every, you know, there, there, there are proper incentives on all sides to to get a deal done, and that I'd be really, really surprised if Cubs fans uh, can't just flip on a device one way or another and watch the Cubs play.
4: And so some thoughts there from uh, Theo Epstein. You can hear that interview in its entirety. The Waddle and Sylvie tab on the ESPN Chicago app. Um, and lastly, just a couple of quick notes. We talked about Copac. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to focus on either playing first base or DH for the Jays this season. That's a thing. Also Gallo, we talked about him earlier this week. Gallo of the Joey Gallo of the uh, Rangers tests negative. So he's going to return pretty soon. And 58 players test positive for Major League Baseball intake rounds as far as COVID-19. This, this is going to be an ongoing story. We can't turn a blind eye to it. we got to find out who's positive, who's available, who's not, because the baseball season is right around the corner. We go 5 or 5 coming up next right here on
0: TBS. From Wrigley on the north to guaranteed rate right on the south. This is the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Socks, so much more. This is the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. We've got five
4: minutes left in the program for the baseball show every. Tonight at 6 o'clock right after Waddle and Sylvia right here on ESPN 1000. We have got The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North coming your way at 7, followed by Bleck and Abdallah at 8 for Under the Hood right here. And then it's uh, Clinton Yates and Jen Lada at 10, all part of the mix in our broadcast day right here on ESPN 1000. Now it's time for 545. Oh, yes. 5 for 5. We give you five topics in five minutes. Getting you ready for the baseball season, we turn to Sean Davis. Sean?
5: All right. The theme for tonight is clutch, hood. Clutch. In 143 at-bats, Tony Gwynn hit 381 versus Greg Maddox and Pedro Martinez. Which Cubs-Sox hitter would you want to have up at the plate against that team's ace in the clutch well you know first of all
4: thinking about tony gwen if you ever spend time on youtube youtube.com and look at tony gwen and just see some of those hits it's just amazing because you're seeing the, some of the best pitchers in that era taking on tony he always found a way high pitch low pitch outside inside he always found a way to get on base and they just you know there's some there's great hitters in 2020 but there's so many so very few that are great like tony so i look at no, I'm looking at great hitters or good hitters. And I look at Tim Anderson at the top because he's American League uh, batting champ. Lester against Anderson. Aloy against Lester. I'd like to see what that looks like. And, of course, Grandall against Lester. Um, uh, Giolito against Bryant. I want to see Bryant against Dylan Cease. That, that, fast, that fastball against Bryant. I'd like to see Baez against uh, Giolito more than just a few times. Uh, And Keiko, gotta throw him in there as well Against Chris Bryant We're talking about the best, against the best in Chicago Those are really solid matchups Yeah,
5: Eloy is a good pick I remember him taking Garrett Cole deep twice When he was with the Houston Astros last year (laughs) Cubs second baseman hit 220 in 2019 Nico Horner and Jason Kipnis are embroiled in a battle at that position Who will get the most starts for the Chicago Cubs?
4: It's going to be Kipnis, uh, and we're talking about sixty games. And even if it was one hundred and sixty-two, I think Kipnis would have the the nod. I asked Jesse Rogers the same question or something similar last night, and I just think that uh, Chicago Zone, Northbrook's Zone, uh, Jason Kipnis will have an opportunity here. So, Kipnis started his career in twenty eleven with the Indians. I remember him being kind of the uh, kind of a thorn in the White Sox side, and, and he was a guy that was always just a really solid hitter. Uh, double-digit home runs about six or seven years of his career. And so I just think because even though he's 32, I think that you go with the veteran. You want to have as many good um, guys at bat that can help you. Nico is going to be in the system. He'll be around, uh, but I just think that when you're trying to get out of a slump, you
5: need something better offensively. I think Kipnis can be that guy. In this shortened season, bullpens have become even more valuable. On a scale of 1 to 10, how comfortable are you in the Cubs and Sox bullpens. Well,
4: with the with the Sox, I will say that I'll give that at this point a 7, 6 or 7. I'll say 7. I like Bummer, I like Marshall uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, C-Sheck is just a seasoned veteran that's been there, rubber arm guy that's been around for a while. He's 34, 35 years of age. So, I like that. I like Jace Fry, uh, you know, the uh, a Really solid player, maybe not as high as Carson Fulmer. I'm not necessarily high on him, but just I think that they have at least a six or seven type bullpen. And then for the Cubs, that's a whole different kettle of fish there. That's a tough one because the Cubs are bereft of a closer. I don't care what uh, Kimbrel is bringing. I think that the Cubs somehow are going to have to try to
5: figure out that closer situation. That's not a great bullpen. All right, complete the following phrase to accurately describe expectations for both Chicago teams. It's blank or bust for the Cubs or Sox this season. well, for the White Sox, it's balloons or bust. How about that? It's
4: balloons or bust. And here's why it's balloons. Because if it's balloons, when you see balloons, that mean celebration, right? So uh, if if they're going to bust, and it's a relative term because we're talking about 60 games, I would say that it, it's balloons. Balloons meaning that they could be a wild card team, uh, a team that could get in the playoffs, make some noise, I'm not expecting a ton because it's still a young team. You still have to keep your eyes on it. So I, I would say balloons for the Sox. And for the Cubs, question marks or bust. Question marks meaning that are they still going to be just an average team uh, that still underachieves, or will they just continue just go the wrong direction? You know, worse than the Reds, worse than St. Louis, worse, you know, worse than uh, the Pirates, or just down there with the Pirates. Big question marks, I would say, for the Cubs or bust.
5: I'm going to say good managing or bust for both teams. I think the managers will play a key role for both teams. I like balloons better, but okay. it's <laughs> safe to say most. Both will say they never saw it coming when Tim Anderson became the batting champion last year. Who might be that in 2020 for Chicago baseball? I like both sides.
4: You know, Tim Anderson's always the favorite now because of how he played. Now you want to see if that gets better. Uh, Moncada coming you know again we mentioned earlier the 10 day uh, injured list but mancada was really going in the right direction last year grandal i'll throw him in there as well the sock side if you're just gonna just put a long-term bet out there you look at robert again this is just based on spring uh, summer camp but robert is doing a really good job so far i like to see him in a full complement of the games the cup side it's like you know for me That's Baez, and then I'm going to throw Schwarber in there as well. Schwarber has got a little chip on his shoulder this year. Doesn't want to be a DH, but I just think that his power is going to be able to be flexed uh, a little bit as well, maybe as a full-time DH if we go to DH in 2021. So those are the contributors for both teams for me. All right, that's your 5 for 5. Five for five right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We thank you for checking it out. And don't forget, tell people about the podcast, go to ESPN Chicago, go to the app and then click the baseball show. If you've missed some of our episodes, it's all right there stacked for you on the ESPN uh, Chicago app. All right. We've got the odds couple with Carmen and North coming up, followed by Black and Abdallah at eight for Sean Davis. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to the baseball show. We'll do this again on Monday at six, right after Wadlin Sylvie brought to you by a, goose island beer
0: company you'll be listening to the baseball show with jonathan hood if you miss something you can always get the podcast on your time click the baseball show tile on the new espn chicago app join us weeknights at six for the baseball show presented by the goose island beer company on espn 1000